you're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Hi, I'm Tyson Franklin and welcome to this week's episode of Podiatry Marketing. With me today is Big Jim McDonald, all the way over in Canada. Jim, how are you doing this morning? Uh, life is good in Montreal, no complaints. Uh, yeah, just you know, powering through 2023, uh, getting in shape, uh, enjoying life. Yeah, no, no complaints here. And what, what's your idea of getting in shape? What's your getting in shape look like? Do you have abs? <laughs> I do not have you know washboard abs, uh, but uh, I like to go for some runs. I do a little bit of weightlifting, but you know, I'm a skinny 150 pound distance runner, so uh, just trying to you know keep up with my eight and six year old and. That, that's kind of what it's all about right now. Yeah, I get disappointed that even in my dreams, I don't have abs. <laughs> you, you think in your dreams, you could at least put put a set of abs on yourself for your dreams that you'd sort of go, yeah, that's what I that's what I look like in my dreams. <laughs> I think I had an ab once. Actually, the reason one of the reasons I got into medicine to, to begin with is that I, I had some medical stuff that kind of like I, I blame on uh, not letting me have abs. Uh, I had a little condition called pectus excavatum, like a uh, flail chest. So, uh, it kind of messes up your, 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 your chest and your abdomen. So like I've, you know, I'm not, you know, porky or anything, but, uh, I never, I'll never have those like, you know, washboard abs, like, uh, you know, Rico Suave or anybody like that. So, yeah, I used to know some people that, uh, they never exercised a day in their life. They drank like a fish <laughs> and then they take the shirt off and they just had this, this washboard abs <laughs> and I swear genetics, genetics. Yeah. <laughs> I just went genetics. It has, it has, well, it is obviously genetics because they didn't work at it. Whereas I know other people, yeah, they do. They put the effort in. And it's like anything. It's just like podiatry marketing. If you put the effort in, you will get the rewards. There we go. Which is I why you and nice I work, work on marketing because we know we can get improvement <laughs> with that. And our abs, genetically, uh, we are predisposed to not having them. Yeah, this is not the uh, ten minute abs podcast that you're listening to. This is definitely the uh, production market podcast. So. Uh, so, what are we talking about today, Jim? Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about uh, kind of a high level uh, topic. You know, I think we get, jumped into like uh, in recent weeks. We talked about why blog posts maybe aren't the the first line of uh, podiatry marketing, but today's a little bit more high level. Where we're talking about kind of finding the intersection of your skills and your experience and how that can not only lead to maybe some professional satisfaction, but also really help people uh, determine kind of what messages they want to market out there. You know, what what do they want to put out into the world um, based off of kind of, you know, like you said, their skills and experience. So where, and so where do people start with this? Because it is it is one of those topics that I know I was talking to someone this morning and they're, they're still trying to figure out what direction should I be going in podiatry? And they, and they get confused because podiatry is so broad, they're not sure should they be staying completely broad or should they be focusing on one particular area or yeah, a, a particular a couple of particular areas of podiatry. Now, that's a really good point. I think, uh, you know, obviously we go through school. Uh, in the US, they go through residency and then even the first couple of years, uh, sometimes when you get into a practice, you don't start in your own private practice right away is that, yeah, you do feel this kind of like generalist uh, mentality, right? Kind of jack of all trades. I'm going to do it all. Um, I've already got my special, my specialty, right? You know, yeah. the foot and ankle. I'm already like the foot and ankle guy, so there's no reason to niche down any further. But within, you know, within school and residency and practice, 
there's probably certain uh, procedures or you know types of care that people find themselves drawn to a little bit more. So I think it's kind of an introspection or kind of really assessing you know what skills or type of care you like to provide. So you know maybe it's for some people it's surgery or some people prefer uh, making orthotics or some people like working with kids. Other people like working with adults, uh, trying to find, you know, finding those areas that you're drawn to. And it's not always super, you know, um, obvious to people until they can kind of step back from it a little bit. Uh, maybe it was something that got them into the profession in the first place. Maybe something they found, you know, they were volunteering at something they got into it. But at first is assessing kind of like what your interests are. And then also tying that into the skills that you possess or the skills you've trained to do, right? So you know, do you went to a three-year surgical residency? Do you like to do ankle and rear foot type stuff? Or even though you, you're maybe you're trained in that, you didn't really enjoy that part of it. So I think yeah. that part, first part is really kind of initially assessing the skills, the skills and experience, you know, assessing those skills and the type of care you like to provide. Yeah, it is a tough one because I think sometimes, especially when you first graduate and you're, you're in the real world, you might think there's one particular area that that's what I really like. But then once you actually start working, you go, oh, I actually don't like that as much as I thought I would now that I'm doing it on a more regular basis. And then you find other aspects of podiatry that interest you more. No, that's an excellent point. I think just kind of keeping an open mind. I think sometimes, whether it be in school or kind of the way that residencies are now, they're, they're very heavily surgical. So maybe some a lot of people are getting into it because of the surgery. But for yeah. me, for example, I was really into sports medicine. Like the, the surgery part was interesting to me, but being a runner who was injured and you know, seeing some people that treated high level athletes was really what kind of got me excited about podiatry in the first place. And you've got to kind of be open to the idea that you may learn about what you want to do, but also knowing what motivates you, knowing what gets you excited to go to work is really a, you know, it, it seems like it would be easy, but um, when you kind of know or take the time to assess what that would be, it, it helps really kind of move you in that direction, not only from like what you want to do uh, yourself in the practice, but also what you show to the world. You know, we talked about in the past that, you know, what you put out into the world, whether it be marketing or talking to, you know, uh, any, any form of marketing you're doing out in the world, it really kind of, it shines a light on, on your expertise or what you're, you know, if I walk into a, a running shoe store and say, I'm a sports medicine podiatrist, or if I'm speaking at sports medicine type events, then people will see me in that way. Yeah. Or if I'm advertising in the local running magazine or something, that's how people will see me. So it is a really important component. If you do have that interest or the skills in a certain area, you need to be seen in other places where people that, you know, provide those skills or looking for those services are looking for you. Yeah, it makes sense. It's sort of um, a perfect example, I think, would be Simon Bartold. I don't know if you know who Simon Bartold is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I first graduated, Simon had been out a few years ahead of me, and he was just, he was the sports podiatry footwear guru, always was, always has been. And it's still the area of podiatry that just floats his boat constantly. And I'll guarantee you, if you had a look at a list of all the events that, that Simon went to in his early career, I would say a lot of them would have been sports medicine, running, footwear, because, and because he was always seen at those events and that was his interest and he wanted to work with sporting teams as well. And I remember him telling me once that, yeah, he did a, put a lot of time and effort, a number of years into doing things for free at sporting events before he ever got paid $1. But 
he was always seen in those areas. And now he's still like living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's, that's a perfect segue into the next section, really. Like, and that's kind of not evaluating your past experiences, but then also making a plan for your future experiences you're going to have. So whether that's some type of like, you know, like you said, going to specific conferences, either talking or attending, you know, maybe you're volunteering, like you said, you're not getting paid right away, but you are that guy taking care of the local, you know, track and field team or the football team or the soccer team, you know, by, by kind of being seen in those areas and kind of having those experiences, maybe it's attending coursework, it's, you know, going to the, you know, sports medicine, if you're, if you're into that, like those types of meetings, but just being very clear about, you know, what are those experiences you enjoyed in the past, but how do you build up that, you know, for lack of a better term, like your professional resume yeah. to be seen as that person. And, uh, you know, sometimes you stumble into it, but once you stumble into something you're interested in, you really have to kind of get known either in your local community. Sometimes it can be nationally. You know, whenever I first started practice, I wanted to get into more like the sports medicine aspect. I volunteered at the, like the local, the, the, the marathon in Eugene, Oregon was just getting started again. And I had an interest. I'd worked at the Chicago marathon and Portland marathon. I'm like, well, I'm going to go help out the Eugene marathon and people will see me doing that. And they're like, well, if I have a running injury, I would go see the person that, you know, helped, you know, do the medical tent at the Eugene marathon. So yeah. it doesn't, it's not like rocket science. Um, but getting more, evaluating your past experiences and projecting what you want to do and getting your future experiences lined up in that way, I think is hugely impactful and a really important way. Like I said, not only for yourself that you enjoy it, but also to be seen by others doing that type of work. It makes sense. If you, if you want to be, you want to be known for something, you've got to be seen in the right, right areas. It, it just, it, to me, it, it's just like, it's common sense. I remember when I first graduated or, and then had my business on the Gold Coast, they had the Gold Coast Marathon. I put my hand up to volunteer for it from the Gold Coast Marathon. And this is way before social media, but I bumped into a physio that was at the Gold Coast Marathon who was helping out. And he was also the physio at the time for the Gold Coast Rollers basketball team and also the Gold Coast Seagulls rugby league team. And he said, oh, do you follow either of sports? I said, yeah, played both. And then from there, he then started sending me all those players to to him but by having them coming in then all of a sudden the newspaper was talking about a particular injury and there's my smiling face in the newspaper with the patient all of a sudden i was starting to be known as i was the podiatrist that was in that particular area when i was on the gold coast yeah that's that, that's how it works i mean that's uh and i'm, a, med- and I'm a bit of a media tart too so i don't <laughs> <laughs> don't mind you're not, you. you're, you're not shy nah oh actually i am i i'm very shy if people are wondering but i cover it up with pretending that I'm an extrovert. There you go. Mm. So deep down, the secret, this, the, 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 Mr. Doctor T's secret is now out. Mm. Yeah, it, but, but it is. A lot of people say, "Oh, I couldn't do that." I went through, and I haven't said this on this podcast, I don't think, but I have on my other one, or maybe it was on my old podcast. I went through primary school, high school, and university without ever getting up and doing an oral presentation. I just wouldn't do it. I would go to the lecturer and say, how much is this worth? And they'd say, the oral presentation's worth 40%, exam 60%. And I'd go, fine, I'll get 50 out of 60 for the exam. Just put me down for a zero. I wouldn't do it. Just refused to. I didn't turn up. I knew when I was playing rugby union in Cairns that I was going to get the trophy for best back, which is up here, actually, on my wall. The trophy's sitting there. I didn't go to the presentation night because I knew when I got that trophy, I would have to do a speech. So I didn't go. I was petrified. So... 
if anyone's listening to this and you go, oh yeah, that's me, I can't do talk, I can't do that, just first be seen, like what you're explaining, Jim, just be seen in the right place and then that slowly will build up confidence over a period of time. Now that's a that's a great example. I think I mentioned I might have mentioned this previously as well. Uh, I was one of those people who could go to conferences, sit in the back, you know, hang out with my friends, you know, go to podiatry conferences and enjoy some of the lectures, but never would ever, yeah, a little bit of that maybe sometimes, <laughs> um, but never would have thought that there was something that would compel me to want to get on stage and really share my experiences or expertise. But a- after having got into like helping, you know, podiatry clinics improve their marketing and just really finding some some ways of providing value to my colleagues, um, you know, it was really it's been something where now I have a podcast. I talk with you every week about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I've been on you know different conference uh, stages, whether it be lo- you know on Zoom or in person. So yeah, it's amazing what you let yourself do when you kind of uh, find something you're, you're really passionate about. So, um, so yeah, th- those are good examples. Well, I've gone from not being able to talk in front of my class or not being able to get up and grab a trophy <laughs> that I'd worked hard for it and copped a lot of belts around the head, which explains a lot of how my thinking is, from speaking at the Osgo event in Liverpool in front of a thousand people. They're getting up there on stage. Yeah. And I must admit, when I got up there and looked at the crowd, I'm thinking, I wish I had brought my worn my brown pants. Would have been better. <laughs> but And then all of a sudden, I'm, you realize when you're up there talking, you're going, and I still do this today. If I'm in front of a group talking, the whole time in the back of my head, I'm going, shit, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is amazing that I'm actually, I'm up here and I'm not terrified anymore. Yeah. Just experience. No, it just takes time. And, and and the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah. Have we got off track? A little bit off track. So I'll, we'll we'll bring it back. Bring to it back. Like where we're going with here. So yes. So now we understand what our skills are. We have these experiences, and now it's time to kind of put those two things together. And uh, you know, maybe you enjoy sports medicine, but you don't like working with adults. So maybe it's kids and sports medicine, or it's okay. You know, it's for for me, it was like you know my podiatry background and marketing, right? So. Now I work with Tyson, now I have a podcast, now I provide these services for my colleagues, but everyone's gonna be a little bit different. So identify those different skills you have, the experiences that you enjoy and this experience you've gone through, uh, and just really try to find what that is. And after you do that, like I talked about previously a little bit, is that once you know what those things are, you have to let the world know about it. You know, Just because it's in your head and you know you wanna do it, that's not enough. You have to focus on really making that visible to people in your local community. Maybe it's nationally or internationally um, if you're if you want, if you have that level of ambition or drive. But when you know what your skills and experiences are and what that intersection is, then you can really put out a, a strong message to connect with those ideal patients that you know you're going to enjoy seeing. Um, maybe it's not you know right when you do it, it's gonna t- it's gonna be like anything else. It's gonna be it's going to be a build. It's going to be a bit of a grind to get where yeah. you want to be with your practice. But, you know, by putting up, you know, by naming your clinic, the right thing, by marketing yourself in the right way, by networking with people uh, and, and having experiences in that special niche or subspecialty within podiatry, you'll be surprised. Um, you know, uh, the type of reputation, the kind of clinic you can develop if you're really uh, focused on those things instead of just wondering what's going to happen by being a generalist your entire life. And I think it's bringing in, it, like if you step back and you think about your personality and what you get enjoyment from, you will probably find if you can bring that into the areas of podiatry you like the most, you're going to be really, really effective because it's even what we're doing now, like on the podcast, 
doing coaching, say speaking, but I had considered being a teacher. And there was something that, and when, even when I said, I mentioned heaps of times I, I was going to be an art teacher, but it was more the teaching, not so much the art. I enjoyed teaching people stuff. Didn't know how I was going to do it in front of a class, but I, I knew I'd, I'd work it out eventually. But that is what I'm doing now through this podcast, Podiatry Legends, the coaching and all that. I am actually teaching people. So I get so much enjoyment, but I'm teaching people that relates to podiatry. So I've taken what I've done as podiatry and I've, and I've slowly developed my career into an area that gets me out of bed in the morning really easily. For other people, like you said, it could be, it could be sports medicine, it could be working with children, so many different aspects. No, that, that's, a, that's a perfect example as well. I think it, you have to kind of find that intersection of your skills and experiences. And when you do, like I said, uh, you wake up in the morning, you're excited to go to work, you're excited to show up on a Tuesday evening or a Wednesday morning and, and have a nice conversation with a, with a podcast co-host. So, you know, that was really the, the emphasis of today is just to have people take a little bit of a step back, think about what skills they have, what experiences they've had, find ways to combine those and like put it out into the world and see what happens. Yeah, I think even I know some podiatrists that are, say, good cooks. And I'm thinking, but if you step back and you think about it is, it, is it the actual process of the cooking they like or is it the creating that they like? So sometimes, and that's where podiatrists could be, yeah, it's creating treatment plans to me is putting together a recipe for an end result, which is like the cake. So dig deep. People go dig deep and, and find, what it, <laughs> find what it is that... Um, I think some people have got like hidden skill sets. They don't realize they're even there themselves. Well, I think what happens is we get we get busy, right? You know, life is busy, whether it be family, practice, taking care of your staff, those kinds of things. You just kind of get into the day to day, and you know, you know, it it, it it takes a little bit to kind of take that step back and really kind of evaluate where you're at and where you want to go. And we do those things uh, where your skills and experiences kind of intersect. Like I said, I think people can go in a direction that can bring them a lot of professional satisfaction uh, and, and allow them to provide really great care to those people that are within that uh, kind of area of that intersection. Do you think part of the problem could be uh, almost like a generational thing too where you've, you're have you in the profession, you look at the profession 10, 20, 30 years ahead and you think, oh, that's how I'm supposed to be? So some of your skills and interests and things that you like when you're looking at the general podiatry profession you go oh i and some people put those things away they almost like put a put a ceiling on themselves and go oh i want to do this but i don't really want to stand out i don't want to ruffle any feathers or i don't want to look different to what all my colleagues look like no i think that's a good point i think there is this kind of combination of you know whether it be the way you're trained the way you're kind of the education you go through uh like it doesn't this kind of idea that you have a choice <laughs> yeah. feels a little foreign to sometimes to people that, you know, maybe you got into podiatry or into medicine because the kind of standard, like I want to help people. Right. But, and while that's a great thing, um, you got to kind of further define what that actually means to you yeah. and know that you have, there is a, like, there is a degree of freedom you have to decide about how that's going to happen. Right. It doesn't necessarily have to be the cookie cutter thing that your residency director did, or, Maybe that's the podiatrist in the community, you know, the, the 60 year old podiatrist in your community that you shadowed when you were like in, in college or university, right? So it to know that the world can be what you want it to be or your profession can be what you want it to be, um, it's not something that you really get lessons about or anyone teaches you either in school or residency. And you have to kind of 
find that out as you live life. Maybe some people will find it out earlier in life. Maybe they, they, they figured it out before they got into podiatry school. But even myself, I was, I would say that I was kind of a late person to really understand that like that I could take control and I could move my profession or my career in a way that, that I wanted to do. And it was possible, you know, going from residency into a big orthopedic surgical clinic, like I kind of like took whatever came my way because I yeah. wanted to be a good employee, a good kind of like teammate. And I felt like if I didn't take that, then I was somehow, you know, letting people down or not being kind of a good team player. So I think there are these kind of like unwritten rules or unspoken things that people have to kind of like, you know, I kind of started pushing against as I got a little bit older into practice, but um, it, kind of exploring these ideas a little bit earlier, whether in residency or getting earlier into practice, I think will really help people kind of get on that path towards a profession or combining their skills in a way a little bit earlier that really brings them that that professional satisfaction or joy um, to provide great care for people. Yeah, no, I, th I think it's all really good advice. So have you got anything else that you wanted to add before we finish up? No, I mean, like, I'm always open for people to, like, send us messages, right? If this resonates with you, if you want to brainstorm or shoot ideas to Tyson or myself, we're definitely open to, you know, talking with, with our listeners about this. Um, you know, some people, honestly, when it comes to, like, either, you know, changing your career slightly or majorly, um, it can be kind of a if it can be kind of a stigma thing. It can feel a little odd to yeah. even talk to friends or, or uh, you know, you know, kind of coworkers with. So um, other podiatrists with it, you know, you might feel judged, right? Like, you know, like, so if you want to reach out to Tyson and me, go to podiatry.marketing. We're happy to, you know, have conversations with, with our listeners about, you know, ways to improve their practices, whether it be through, you know, coaching like Tyson does um, or, you know, marketing services like I provide. So definitely reach out to us. We want to have, and, you know, we have a lot of great interactions with our listeners so far, and we're happy to have more in the future. Yeah. But like I always say to people, if you think you're going to be judged, oh, yeah, you will be. You will be judged. You do anything different, you will be judged. But the people who are judging you aren't important because the majority of people won't judge you. It's just there's only a small amount of people that will put other podiatrists that are always just looking at what other people are doing because they want to they want to pull them down to their level. I call them mud crabs. Do you know if you have a mud crab, if you have mud crabs, this story used to catch a lot of mud crabs in my younger days, that you never had to worry about mud crabs ever climbing out of your bucket. Because as soon as one mud crab got to the top and looked like they were about to leave, the other mud crabs would grab it and <laughs> and pull it back in. So I know there's there's people out there that are like that, that if they see someone starting to get to the top, they try and grab them and pull them back in. And what you're going to do is just kick them and, uh, and just move on. And realize there's a lot of people outside. There's a lot of other people that want to see you succeed. Because if you succeed, you can be the shining light for them. Because then it goes, oh, if you can do it, I can do it. That sounds good. That's why there's so many podiatry podcasts out there these days. I mean, there's only one that I listen to besides this one. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, like uh, it's a legendary, it's a legendary show. Legendary show. Okay, Jim, I will talk to you again next week. Sounds like a plan, Tyson. Okay, see you later. Bye, Tyson. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.